show of hands if anyone made the annual trip to Barry's or maybe planning to go to Barry's or it was definitely on the agenda at any time this year. So we went up in August and what really kind of struck me was the, the do you know the coins that you get that um, obviously give you how many rides, tokens, sorry, um, the tokens that you get to show how, how many rides it is that you're going to go on and the debate of how many do you get, some rides are two, some are three, you're always left with these two or three at the end, what do you do with them, we'll keep them for next time, you never do, and it, that's the general saga of how it goes on. And what kind of really struck me was that whenever I was in Barry's, the value on those those tokens or on those coins was, was pretty high because that was what was going to get me onto the rides, the Big Dipper, etc. Um, but whenever you walk out of Barry's, all of a sudden the value in that token changes and it doesn't mean anything anymore. And God really was just speaking to me about what things is it that I value in my life and what things um, maybe I'm placing value on that I shouldn't be or things that I maybe I'm not placing value on that I should be. And this morning I'm just going to chat about a simple word called rest. And God was really speaking to me and he said that um, I was just having to ask myself, do I value rest? Or is it something like the Barry's token that is lying on my car floor as I drive out of the West Pier Strand home and it doesn't actually mean anything and it is of no value? Um, and Charles Spurgeon said, rest is not a waste of time because in the long run, we do more when we do less. Um, and it's, it's a strange thing because it actually goes against the society and um, what our, our, it's countercultural really, isn't it? That whenever we're in work, whenever we're at home, whenever we're with children, um, whenever we're trying to um, do any sporting activity, um, anything, um, it requires us to do more, to be more, to have the to-do list and to work our way through it. So rest doesn't really kind of come into it. Um, and it can be quite hard for us to get that um, into our way of life. And if, a few things that I kind of thought of was that, well, the first one could be comparison, because what's happening is that we're looking around and we're saying, well, if we stop and we look around and say, well, no one else is. <laughs> so that means I need to keep on going too, because then you feel guilty whenever you do stop, because you go, oh, well, I'm stopping, but they're not, so I'm not as good as them, so I need to keep on going and I need to keep on going for this. Um, we can maybe be hardwired to accomplish or to succeed, which can then give us this drive to always do more. And once we reach that, we need to reach the other thing. And once we've accomplished that, we need to accomplish more. And there's the go, the go, the go. Sometimes it can help form our identity so that we become that person of she's always on the go. Her, see her, never sits down, fingers in every pie. And that becomes a wee bit of an identity for us. He or she, sorry, can I just correct myself? <laughs> um, and that becomes a wee bit of our identity and we become attached to that and we're quite like that. We quite like being that person that is always on the go or always has our finger in so many pies. Um, or as I diagnosed myself in January with a very severe case of FOMO, does anybody over the age of 25 know <laughs> Michael Gurner knows a phone over this? Brilliant. <laughs> um, so it is, Michael? 
fear of missing out is FOMO. So because we don't want to miss anything out and because we don't want to be the person that, um, well, then we need, to, we need to go, we need to be there, we need to be in the middle of everything, we need to be at the centre of everything that's going on because we fear what if we're not there and this amazing thing happens that you miss out on, which it never does, but there's just something in us that always drives us and always pushing us for that. See, our worth doesn't come from doing our worth doesn't come from always needing that success, needing to keep on going. Um, and it can be quite unnatural um, for us to keep up with that and to keep on to do that. God wants us in our yes to be the seed that bears fruit and not for it just to be thrown around like a confetti that lands anywhere. So we must place as much value in our no as what we do in our yes to put our boundaries up and to protect ourselves. It's really hard to keep up with the push and the pull and the muddled head and, and the things that that can bring. And sometimes that can even draw us to go, I can't do this anymore and I actually need to quit. I need to stop and do what it is I'm doing. And so this morning, I just want to bring two thoughts to you. And the first is how we then introduce into our life this rhythm of rest. And the second is to remind us of the wonder of what God has done. And if I can just ask if you can open your phones to um, Sam, who has a Bible? Wow. <laughs> um, Psalm 23. And it's a really familiar Psalm and it's a really familiar scripture. And it's one that's normally associated um, with, with the time of, of funerals or death. And I just want to bring it and have a look at it through the lens of life this morning. And we should all probably know this and are very familiar with it. And I'm sure there's a Sunday school song about it too. But I just want to take this time and, and reflect on what it says. And it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And you know, it's, it's no surprise that David uses the analogy of the shepherd as he obviously once was um, a shepherd boy. And here we see the Lord as being my shepherd. And David then knew actually what skills would be required to be a shepherd. And one thing that a shepherd does is that he needs to guide, he needs to protect, he needs to be attentive, he needs to be constantly looking out, he needs to be constantly leading, he needs to be constantly looking for somewhere for the sheep um, to be able to lie down. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He gives us that quiet contentment whenever we need it. Whenever we need that place of rest, he can bring us and lead us to there. The fact that the pastures are green shows that there is going to be fulfillment and that our soul will be fed. It's not, it's not pastures where there needs to be watered or anything needs to happen to it. The pastures are green and ready. And just to put it into context, in Psalm 22, um, just before that, um, the opening verse of that is, My Lord, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from hearing my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. 
What a difference from Psalm 22 to Psalm 23. God knows that sometimes in the middle of the chaos, whenever we need to stop and he needs to lead us to lie down the pastures that are green for our souls to be fed. He brings us to still waters. He brings us to waters that are still, not waters that are rushing, not waters that are going to be chaotic for us to be able to get that breath, but the waters are still and ready for us to drink from. And the fact that they are still waters means that that's going to be the continued journey, that they're always going to be by, by our side, and there's always going to be something there for to find that refreshment in. It's the rest and, the rest and refreshing. Um, it's going to be constant, and it's going to be the restoration for the soul. It's going to be the invigoration that we need. You see, the Lord restores our soul. And there's a few things here um, why we look at the analogy um, of the, the shepherd and the sheep. Um, and there's something about um, a sheep, which I found out recently. Um, they're not the brightest. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. But, and we are the sheep in this analogy. <laughs> um, they're not the sharpest. Um, David Attenborough certainly won't be doing any TV programs about them, um, but they are the type of animal that um, do need to be led and they need to be guided. But in order for them to lie down, they're quite sensitive animals, and in order for them to lie down, there's actually certain conditions that need to be made, need to be made in order for them to do it. They will not lie down if they are afraid. They're social animals, and they will not lie down if there's friction amongst the flock. If there's flies or anything troubling them, they will not lie down. If they're anxious about food or whether they're hungry, where they're going to be getting the next meal, they will not lie down. Rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with the fear, with the friction, with the, with the troubles, and with the famine. That's whenever we get our rest. Whenever we trust in knowing the shepherd that guides and protects is going to bring us at the right time to the green pastures, to the still waters, so that our soul can be restored. And we see examples of that with Jesus um, as we build in this rhythm of rest in our life. And there was a point in Mark 6, um, verse 30, whenever the, the disciples have just... Um, Jesus' ministry had just been led up to this point, and it was the first time that the disciples were going out and trying um, and, you know, um, doing miracles by themselves. And Jesus had bumped into them, and the crowds were following Jesus everywhere he could. And at that point and in that moment, as the crowds were there, the disciples were there, and he said, I want to get my disciples, and I want to take you away from the crowd, because I want to hear what it is that you've had to say. So he knew whenever there was times whenever he needed to get away from the crowd. He knew that amongst the miracles, there's times whenever he needed to go to the mountain to be by himself by the Father and get that rest and restoration um, that he needed. In Joshua 1, um, verse 1, um, or Joshua 1, chapter 1, verse 13, Whenever Joshua is getting ready to walk into the promised land and God twice reminds him of the commandments of Moses at that time, as well as saying, be brave, he also says, remember what, what I have told you. Remember what it is I have said to you. Number one is to go and I have given you the land, but the next part is that I have given you rest. 
And there's something about the both of them. There's something about God giving us the land and he gives us the rest that goes with it. So with it, we're required to actually go and do the work and keep the land there. And we need to ply and we need to do that. But we also have the rest because we can rest in the fact that we are not going to be... that. The God who is, who, is, who is above everything will be there so that we will not need to hunger, we will not need to feed because we have the land, but we need the rest. We need to have the rhythm of both that is within, um, within our life. My friend Anna, um, two years ago, made it to Everest Base Camp. Um, good for her. I really appreciated the pictures, that's wonderful. Um, but as a part of her training, she was saying, as well as you know, getting used to the altitude and getting used to the walk and the weight on the back and all the equipment and everything else that kind of with that, the, one of the key things that they needed to know was where they were going to rest. Because in order for them to know where they were going to rest, we'd be ensure that they would be able to move forward for the journey. You see, we need rest so that we grow and so that we continue to move forward as a part of the journey. In verse 4 in the Psalm 23, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, there's something about rest as well, is that it allows us to stop. And it reminds us of the wonder of God and what he has done for us. Your rod comfort me. See, sometimes we can be really easy to overthink things and our mind can become confused for the doubts and fears and for all those seeds to come into our life. And we are searching and we're looking for that peace. God's, the, the shepherd and, and the, the crook and the rod, what they would have done in the, in back in the context of that time was that that was used in order to guide the sheep, but it was also used to be able to count the sheep so that the shepherd knew all the sheep were counted for and not one was lost. It was used so that they'd be able to identify every single one of the sheep in the flock. And whenever maybe one would tend to go off to wander, there would be that rod that would bring them in. It would be the rod that would be there that would help them um, if wolves or, or dogs were to come and protect them from danger and from fear. It would be that rod. And what we see here is this analogy of the, the, the rod and the staff of God being there because he has been there and he has been faithful to this point. So that's the symbolic message of what that is, is that everything up to now, everything up to that point, God, you have been there for me. You have been every step of the way. You have been faithful. You have protected me and you have guided me. And you, are, you know who I am by name. Verse five and six. Surely my cup overflows and your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And what's great about this psalm is that we have the beginning of it where, where David is saying, you are my shepherd, I need this rest. It's what he's feeling in the present. We have a reminder of God and, and the staff being there from the, from the past. You've been faithful and you've brought me to this point. And we are being reminded of what is happening in the, in the future. That my, my cup overflows and surely your goodness will follow me all the days of my life. So the past, the present and the future, God, you're faithful and you're there for me. And it helps us to remind her of the wonder of what he has done. In Genesis 1, verse, verses 1 to 3, in the creation of the world, 
It's about God and, and displaying his, his beauty and his imagination and everything that was ever created from the beginning of time was created during that, during that time. And we see that even then, in the very blueprint of how everything forms, at the very beginning of everything, God introduces this idea of the Sabbath. He introduces this, um, this idea of rest and refreshment. And that's nothing to do with God being weary because he is not weary. It was nothing to do with God being tired, but instead God chose to rest as one who was pleased. So he could look at the creation and the wonder that he has done and rest in the wonder of what he has done. And exactly the same is for our lives. Is it Rest is as much as us getting restored and revigorated, but as much as us stopping and being still and being reminder of the wonder of what God has done in our lives and will continue to do. It allows our spirit to be recentered, our soul to be filled, and allows us to soak in the wonder of who God is. And that's really easy, and it's lovely to be able to say at this time of year in August, when all your glowing tans are shining back at me, <laughs> and uh, you know we've just had the big, we've just had the big break. Uh, you know, you've maybe been on holiday or going on holiday, or things in the rhythm is different here. But this is actually about getting that as the rhythm of our daily life. And sometimes it's not we don't have the luxury of going away for two weeks at a time. Sometimes the simple things can be in the middle of a hectic day of getting into the car and shutting the door for two minutes and going, be still my soul, lead me to your green pastures and your still waters. Sometimes it can be those small moments as well as the big moments that allow us to get that rhythm too. Um, whenever I was, uh, last summer I went um, canoeing, which was hilarious, but I really enjoyed it especially getting rescued from these the, the bull rushes. Well, not bull rushes, but there was something. I was stuck, okay? <laughs> that, that's, that's the conclusion. Um, because I kept on like going to the left and forgot about the right. <laughs> so yeah, as you can imagine, I was going around in a circle and, and just ended up there. And it really made me think that, do you know what? As much as God has given us the land and he has given us the work is plentiful and there's things he wants us to do and it's right that we're active and it's right that we that we do things and that we get involved with who God is because that's a part of the beauty of it and the wonder of it as well as he gives us a part to play and he anoints our oil for that there's a, the great part is the going for the land and then there's also the rest and it's the rhythm of the right and the left that allows us to move forward because sometimes whenever we like my canoe concentrate on the one side and um, we end up just going in circles and it never really gets anywhere but it's the rhythm of both the land and the rest that allows us to be able to move forward um, and God and just as I was preparing this this morning um, God really put two things on my heart um, and the, the first one was that there's maybe some people in here this morning and um, whatever it is that you maybe feel like you want to quit and that you maybe feel like it's too much and that there's been things that has been too heavy and the, the load has been too much to bear. And I just want to remind you that, um, that God's yoke is easy and his burden is light and he is here to give you rest and he is here to give you those pastures green this morning and don't quit but rest in him. 
Um, and the second is for the person that is maybe feeling like that they just, um, that everything is too much and that there's, there's no peace um, and that they feel like that there's been a time of chaos and that they need just for, for somebody to come alongside them and remind them that the rest um, that God is wanting to give them here into their soul, their soul um, needs to be restored um, and needs to be um, revigorated and renewed in him. Um, so there's the, just if that kind of... Um, speaks with anybody this morning, um, I'm going to pass it over to Paul and Chantel. Wow. That was good, wasn't it? 